Good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, thank you for your prayers over the last couple weeks. Uh, this week was a much better week, and uh, I did not have COVID-19, although I was tested. I had walking pneumonia, and who gets walking pneumonia in the middle of the summer? But uh, it was cheap, so I got it. Uh, anyway, Children. I want to ask you, like, I'm interested in, in our knowledge of the Bible and how, Bible, how we learn Bible stories. And this morning, I want to look at an old familiar one. I think it has a, a lesson to teach us. And I am so glad that uh, you sang the song, We Are Young, We Are Strong in the Lord. That song fits perfectly to what we are going to be talking about this morning. Now, turn your copies of the Scriptures to 1 Samuel 17. This is also for the adults. There'll be two kind of pieces to it, but I do need some children to assist me at some point. Uh, it's actually with the amount of children that aren't here, it's going to be uh, challenging, so we'll, we'll work with it. Uh, this is a story, if you didn't know, about David and Goliath. Now, uh, I, I've been thinking about this story for the last couple of weeks after I read something that, that fit this. Uh, I, w- I particularly want to look at how David and Saul but responded to uh, a crisis. Now, this is a significant crisis in the life of Israel. Uh, The Israelites were at war with the Philistines. They had come to a standoff. One army was on one side. The other army was on the other side. And and so we're going to pick the story up there. I'm going to read portions of chapter 17, and I'll try to tell you the verse numbers as we go so you can follow along. So in in verse 1, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered, they were gathered at Sokah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sokah and Azekiah in the Ephes Demim. Now think about what that says. It says that the Philistine armies were on their territory. They, they were in Judah. So, so they were in, in their territory, and, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in a line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with the valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a giant, a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Now, I'm going to stop there, and we're going to talk about how tall this guy was. So a cubit is 18 inches. Six cubits is is nine feet. Um, Now, in both the... um, Septuagint and the Dead Sea Scrolls, it is, <coughs> it is recorded that he was four cubits and a span. Four is six feet. So somewhere between six and nine feet. A span is half a cubit, so it's nine inches. So regardless whether you're six foot nine or nine foot nine, it really doesn't matter. Who is the tallest person in church today? Hmm. Murph, how tall are you? Ah, Matt. How tall is Matt? How tall are you, Matt? 6'2". So Matt is 6'2". Uh, ta- can you stand up for us? Okay, see, so yeah, is 6'2". Now add another, let's say, at least 6 inches and maybe a little more, or, or uh, uh, several feet, depending on... So, so uh, I know you have your hands full, but take your hand and go up uh, above your head. So somewhere there, that's how tall Goliath was. Now, this is serious business. Thank you, Matt. You may be seated. And Matt uh, fits the size, too. I don't, I don't think that, uh, 
I don't think that Goliath was a distance runner. You know, uh, the ideal distance runner, thin and tall, uh, long reach. I think he was stout and uh, big. And, and think about what happens. So, so the armies are drawn up, and they have a lot of manpower in the armies, but they're drawn up, and, and, then, this, and then the F- Philistines send this guy out. Now, I want, you to know, I want you to remember a couple things about Goliath. In other places in Scripture, it talks about Goliath. He had some brothers. Do you remember that? And if you re- Does anyone know how many brothers he had? Three? three? You're close. Is, is it Three? I think he had, I think there were five brothers, including Goliath. So five. Total of five. That's important in the story. That is really important in the story. Thank you. She watches over me. Okay, so let's go back to the story. So this is a big guy. It is, okay, now, now let's just think. How old is David? It says, uh, well, well, let's let's go on and read about Goliath. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. So his armor, and they would have worn a long armor, a chain armor made of metal flakes that, that uh, fit together, and that armor would have reached down to his, probably his knees, and then he would have worn something over his knees. That coat of armor that he wore, it says, weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. That's 120 pounds. I can imagine Matt wearing something that weighs 120 pounds. I don't know if I can imagine myself wearing, wearing something like that. And these men would have put on, like a soldier in that era, would have put that on right before he went into battle. And it was meant, it was heavy, it was thick, it was for protection. He on his legs and a, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders, right, right back here. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron. Now, let me get that uh, figure. 600 shekels. His spearhead weighed in the vicinity of 15 to 18 pounds. A 15 pound. Uh, I, what is a discus when you throw the discus? Does anyone know how heavy that is? People have a hard time throwing that, even big stout men. But imagine uh, having a having a spearhead, and it was probably uh, weighing 15 pounds. It was probably maybe an inch thick, but quite heavy. I tried to figure out something that's 15 pounds. Think about a 15-pound weight for your weight set. And think about, you know, in the shape of a spearhead. So, th- so this, is, this is a big guy. That's the point. Now, he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Oh, by the way, to another guy, a smaller guy, who carried his shield for him. So they went out. It says, Why have you come to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself. Let's just have this out. Let's have a, what do you call them, a, a cage battle here. Isn't this a, there's some sport? It's not sport, but anyway, something where uh, I, I just saw this guy named Connor something. They're these fighters, right? Now, I don't watch any of that stuff, so I don't know anything about it. I just see headlines and stuff. But they, this guy is suggesting the same thing. He said, you bring out one of your big guys, and, and uh, I'll be out here, and let's just have it out. And whoever wins, that side wins. Now, this is a fairly good idea, because it doesn't have to pit the armies against each other, except that, except that everyone in Israel is afraid. Now, 
he says, if, if he's able, if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul, verse, verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, I want to back up and ask you, what do you know about this man named Saul? What is distinctive about Saul? He is, Saul is tall. He's a head above all the other men in Israel. Well, wait. So is Goliath. Who is the person that should go out and fight this guy? The tallest man in Israel. The biggest man in Israel. But he's, a, he's, he's scared. Now, uh, David was the son of an Ephraimite of Bethlehem in Judea, in Judah, named Jesse, who had eight sons. Uh, it goes on and lists the sons. Three of his, uh, this Jesse's boys were already fighting. And by the way, this is important. In order to be able to fight in the Israel army, you had to be at least 20 years old. And this boy, David, is the youngest of eight sons. The three oldest are serving in Saul's army. So that tells you that David is considerably younger than 20. Because he has five other, four other brothers who aren't able yet to be in the army. So he's probably between 12 and 15 years old, give or take some. Now who here is between 12 and 15? Everybody who's between 12 and 15, get up. All right? Yeah, yeah, that, there's a good one. Uh, now, you are going to fight with Matt. Doesn't sound like, okay, thank you, 12, 15-year-old. Doesn't, doesn't sound like a fair match, does it? Well, okay. So uh, David, by the way, was a sheep herd. Uh, and, and, and interestingly enough, it says for 40 days, in verse 16, Goliath came forward and issued his challenge. 40 days! And I, I mean, I, think about this. The second day, not that guy again. By the third day, everybody's going, would somebody please go shut that guy up? And by the fourth, you know, it, it just wears down the psyche of the opposing army. And Israel has already lost the battle. They've lost. Because they did not confront the crisis in their midst. They lost. Now then, uh, you break into the story, and uh, Jesse sends David. He said, take these ten pieces of cheese down to your brothers and their commanders. So take it down there. Uh, and so David takes off. Now David is just kind of itching to go anyway. But he takes off and he goes down. And uh, he gets into the encampment. He, he brings the cheese to his brothers, cheese and the other things. And he went and greeted his brothers. And while he was talking with them, here they hear that sound again. And you can almost hear his brothers, three oldest guys, cringe. And there's Goliath again. And apparently this guy had quite the voice. Hey, hey, Israel! Come on out! Did you find a man already? And just think about the spot he would have just poked at him. David says, uh, what is that? What's the sound of that? And David heard him in uh, the end of verse uh, 23. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. Now this has going, been going on for 40 days. 
And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. These are the men of Israel saying, Look, if somebody would go out and kill this, they, they could get married to Saul's daughter. What would that make him? I mean, part of the royal family. And uh, David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done? Was it not but a word? He turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. Now think about Saul here. Saul is a head above everybody else. He's the king. After all, he shouldn't go fight because he might get killed. And uh, so, so he hears these rumors that there's a guy saying, well, I, well, who is this guy anyway? And so um, they sent for David. And David said to Saul in verse 32, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Now think about the audacity of David's words. He's 12 to 15 years old. And he's saying, I'll go. The only person in all of Israel's army that was, going, that was willing to go was this little kid. And so they ask him, well, what kind of pedigree do you have? He might be some kind of, he might know some kind of uh, fancy uh, fighting techniques here. And David said, uh, uh, verse 34, David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. I love that. A bear or a lion came and got one of the sheep, and David ran after him. And if the bear or the lion turned around, David grabbed the thing by the beard. I love that picture. And it kind of grabs Saul, too. And Saul says, well, okay, might, might this be the guy? And is, uh, you know, if, if God, and then David says, if God is able to deliver the bear, deliver me and my sheep from the bear and the lion, surely he can deliver me from the Philistine, deliver us from the Philistine. And so David, uh, the, you know, the story, they, put on, they try to put on Saul's armor. Now Saul is a head above everybody else. David is a young guy. The armor hangs way down. And he can barely handle it. And he said, like, this is not going to work. First of all, it doesn't fit. Secondly, I haven't proved it. I don't know how to run it. Give me a tank. I don't know how to run it. And he said, look, this is what I'm going to do. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the brook, put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Now, here's where I need some of you children. I'm going to do a rough count. Two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, four. 5, 26, 27, 28, 30, 32, 34, 36, 38, 40, 42, 44, 46. Okay. I need about uh, 12 people. 
First of all, we're going to take all the 12 to 15-year-olds. Get up. Keep your social distance. Uh, let me count you. Stay, stay standing. Get up. Get up. Yeah, don't be scared. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Isaac, you go along. Jake, seven of you go along. You guys go along. Uh, whoever wants to there. Okay, now I want you, and any children who want to, I want you all to go outside, and, and, and I want you to find five smooth stones apiece. Now, don't take all service. You have about five minutes to do this. I want you to choose five smooth stones. Okay? Now, listen. There are some prerequisites here. Uh, I, I need to count, make sure, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I need a few more. Anybody else? Yeah, you go. You go. Okay. As long as you can count to five. Now, you guys go. Now, listen, Jake. Hang on. Not in a hurry here, David. I don't think it was in a hurry. I don't want parking lot stones. Okay? I want flower bed stones because they're smooth. Don't get too big ones. Think about a slingshot. Now you go get those. And when you're done, when you have five picked out, you bring them in and you lay them up here. Then you can take your seats. Go for it. Now while they go, you'll have your adult lesson. All right? So think about this. When we face events in our lives, when we face... Um, big things in our lives, similar to what uh, the, the army of Israel is, is facing here, a crisis. How do we respond? And I, I see people responding, I see two uh, distinct responses here. The first of all, uh, well let's just first of all talk about the crisis. The crisis is often, regardless what it is, uh, the crisis is big. It does not, and, and I, I'm not trying to minimize anyone's crisis. All of the things that we face in life have the potential to, to blossom into giants. Think about it. A move. Selling the place you have. Moving into another world. Changing jobs. There are so many crises that we, that we face every day. Think about the past six months in our nation. And think about the crisis that our nation has, has uh, faced. It, it has escalated and grown into a big thing. So and, and oftentimes when we face these crises, it, there, there's a whole host of them. Just to, uh, keep your distances uh, properly and lay them on the... Let's lay them on... Let's lay them over here beside the speaker. Perfect. Those are good stones. Yep. Perfect. There'll be some more coming in. And if we need adult supervision, pretty soon somebody will have to take a walk out and just make sure everybody's okay outside yet, uh, and they're not throwing the stones. I should have warned them about that, shouldn't I? Anyway, so crises are, hu crises are huge. They always are. They grow. The second thing is a, a true crisis. Lay them up here, right up there on a pile. Just to... Thank you. Might be a few more. I hope there's a few more. Thank you. Uh, and the, a crisis will always defy our own power. When we start thinking about the crisis, when Israel started thinking about Goliath, they said, we don't have, I mean, that's much bigger than we are. And, uh, and the third thing is a crisis will not go away. You may be able to deal with it, and it, it'll kind of go underground, but it will not truly go away until it's dealt with. Now, think about uh, the responses to the crisis. Thank you. 
uh, response to the crisis, uh, the first response I'm thinking about is Saul. Thank you. Um, Saul's response. Saul was like, would somebody shut the man up? Would somebody stop this? Whatever. However Saul responded. Perfect. Put him, uh, I need a little space to walk, so just make, another, make some other piles over there. David was able, though, David was different than Saul. He was able to put the crisis in proper perspective. He understood that God was bigger than Goliath. Do we really understand that? And sometimes, particularly in the last, uh, about two weeks ago, when we were waiting on my test results and, and I was not feeling very good at all, it's easy in those moments when you're facing those kinds of things. Whatever it is, when we think about our jobs, when we think about uh, our economy, uh, but even smaller, when we think about relationships and broken relationships that we've had, it's easy as, as we kind of go into those things. Those things grow big, and they are big. And it's easy for, for us to, rem- to forget. It's easy for us to become Saul in those things and, and to say, I, I just don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed. Saul is absolutely paralyzed. David isn't. David says, if I die, I die, but I have a bigger power with me. Uh, and now he had a little bit of experience. But, and and the, se- the second thing I would just want you to note um, is that David faced criticism for being willing to face the giants. Uh, if you aspire to do something worthwhile in your life, you will have to learn to face criticism. Uh, particularly uh, his brother Eliab. Um, and Eliab is obsessed with the trivia. Uh, critics believe the worst about people. Uh, they, they always believe the worst about people. That Eliab says, well, you came down here so you get a piece of the battle. David said, I came down here on the orders of my father. But think about when we face the giants in our life, the, um, we, will always, we often will be faced by criticism and, and critical people. So then, uh, as, as we respond to this, I want us to think about how David handled the battle then. So, so here's what happens. And the Philistine moved forward, we just, uh, verse 41, and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him. He was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a sword, and with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into your hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. 
So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And uh, then the Philistines fled when they saw their man dead. Now, think about this. First of all, David, when David established the terms of the battle, think about this. David put the five stones into his shepherd's pouch. That's really important in this story. Because what happens is he runs out and, and the Philistine sees him. Now, the javelin that he carried, or javelin, uh, proper pronunciation is, is javelin. The javelin he carried, he threw, they threw. The spear they threw, the sword they used in hand-to-hand combat. David puts the stones into his pouch and he's carrying his shepherd's staff. When he runs out to meet Goliath, Goliath says, you're coming to me with a stick. And Goliath went to his sword. Not his javelin or his spear. He went to his sword. And that played right into David's hands. And as David come, and then David runs to meet him. So David had a place established where he wanted to meet him. So he set the terms for the battle. And David reaches into his pouch. And he puts that stone in his sling. And he whirls that sling. And he lets it fly. And carawack. Now I, I have a question for you. Why the five stones? Was David intending to miss with those first one and he needed four backups? Remember what I asked you about Goliath earlier? He had four more brothers. David went prepared not only to meet Goliath, but anyone else who came out for him. He was intent on dealing with this problem once and for all. That's why the five stones. David was intending to kill the Philistine with one stone, Goliath, and then he was intending if the four brothers came out, and in that world, this could have easily happened. When somebody kills your family, the other part of the family is supposed to avenge his death. So the four brothers, who are equally tall guys, big guys, so, so, so David was prepared. And as I think about that, I, I think about how do we face the crisis in our own, our own lives? When the things that happen in our lives, when the broken relationships, the church issues that we've faced in the past, the uh, family issues that some of us have faced, the COVID-19, all these crises, they can all be lumped together, and, they can all, and these things can look gigantic in our lives. And they grow and grow, and they have family members, and they have other things that come attached to it, and what David did is say, I'm going to go fight this. I'm going to fight it on the Lord's terms, in my terms, because I belong to God. And so I'm going to be prepared to meet whatever comes. I'm going to be well prepared, and I'm going to set the terms of the battle. And that we can do that in, a, in so many different ways. I think about the story I once heard of uh, uh, Norman Vincent Peale. He was in his first pastorate, and he was, he was, he was facing a challenge of uh, 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 some really interpersonal relationships. That means people fighting in, in the church. And he, he, there was a, in particular, there was somebody in the, in the, in the church who, 
who was absolutely fueling a lot of this feuding. So um, he, he went to visit this person, and in the context of the conversation, this person began to criticize other people in the church and to draw uh, Norman Vincent Peale, the pastor, new pastor, into the battle. Instead, the pastor told her what somebody on the other side had said about her that was kind of complimentary. And she did not know what to do. You see, it's not the stones, it's the kindness. You, know, you, you want to know the stones that we should carry in our sling bag or in our pouch? It's things like love and joy and peace and kindness and, and bravery and courage. It's all those things. It's, it, we don't win the battle by brute strength. David didn't win the battle by brute strength. He won it by figuring out what needed to happen here the very same way that Norman Vincent Peale did. He said, how do I win this? I win this by, by diffusing her, the woman's criticalness, and, and engaging her with goodness. So sometimes we win the battle that way. Now when I first saw this and had first studied this a number of years ago, I, I thought about this and I, I thought, I'm going to go find me five smooth stones. I actually uh, presented it at a class I once taught, and I, I had everybody pick up stones and put them in their desk or their pocket. And for a number of years, I carried a small stone with me or kept it in my office. As a reminder that when I go fight the battles that God has called me to, that God is going to prevail. The children went out and got stones, and I counted you, and there is probably a stone for everyone here. And we're going to dismiss in a few minutes, and if you care to, you come up here, and you pick up a stone, and you put it in your pocket, or you put it in your purse, or you put it on your car, or you put it in your office. You put it in a place that reminds you regularly that the battle belongs to the Lord. And the crises that we face are like Goliaths. They are defeatable. Do you know what the problem is with Saul and the rest of Israel? They didn't think they could defeat the giant. The only difference between David and Saul is David believed that the Lord could defeat the, the giant. And he moved in that. So when we face the crisis of our life, whatever they are, remember this. David was able to destroy an enemy that was twice as big as himself. I, I'm imagining that Goliath was probably about twice as big as David. I don't think it's because he was braver. There was very many brave men in Israel's army. It's because he understood that that little bit of faith he had in that the battle was, is the Lord's is what answers the crisis. So God is bigger than our crises. He's stronger than them. And we don't need to be, uh, we don't need somebody else's armor. We don't need somebody else's shield. What we need is the strength of God in our lives. Let's stand together. We're going to invite the worship team forward as we pray. And then after prayer, no, actually, while they're singing. Is that okay? 
while they're singing, if you want to come up and pick up a stone, we will make no judgment. We'll not try to figure out what your crisis is. But if you want one of these stones to remind you that the battle is the Lord's, you come up and pick up a stone. I don't care how old you are. If we run out of stones, there's a few more out in the parking lot. But you come and you take one of these stones. We'll take our visiting outside. It's beautiful out afterwards. And if you want to share with somebody about why you picked up a stone, you're welcome to. If you want to just put it in your pocket and think about it, you're welcome to do that as well. Worship team. Lord Jesus, we say thank you that the battle is yours. Lord, whatever we face, whatever it is, I pray that we would have the strength and courage to look it in the eyes and say, yes, this is bigger than I am, but the battle belongs to the Lord. And then we reach into our pouch and we bring out the tools that you've given us, the love, the joy, the goodness, the strength, the courage. And we face those Goliaths and we slay them. I'm reminded as I pray here that the scriptures are quite clear that Goliath fell on his face. And it would seem opposite. It would seem like a stone should knock somebody over backwards. But Goliath was, fell forward onto his face as a sign that he is subject to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I pray that as we fight those battles that we would see that nothing is bigger than you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on up.